Hello, and welcome to R plus L equals J, a Game of Thrones podcast. I'm R. My name is Robin Johnson, folks, which is symbolizing of Rhaegar Targaryen. And I'm Luke. I'm the L. I symbolize Lyanna Stark. And I am Joey. I am the J in R plus L equals J. And uh, Luke, who did the fantastic artwork, was kind enough to make me a Stark. Oh, well, it totally fits. You already Stark. <laughs> I'm a Stark at heart. My last name is Starky. Yeah, so it, it, was, it was meant to it be. It works out. It's the year of the John. Totally. Like, yeah. Lucky you. <laughs> the hero. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that saved us all. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Luke, for doing the artwork. It's awesome. Absolutely. It was my pleasure. It was my pleasure. It, it was fun that our, our names fit that way. So. Was, uh, oh, it wasn't just happenstance, Luke. It was, it was an easy meant task. to be. This is two <laughs> years in the making, folks. That's so, true. listeners, you're about to witness an epic Game of Thrones podcast. <laughs> do, 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 do. We'll work on the songs later. Cool. So, okay, we're going to start. We're starting a little late in the game. So, <laughs> season. That's true. Last season, yeah. Uh, That's true. Two midway, episodes left. Two episodes left. So <laughs> we're gonna we're just gonna start recapping season three, episode three and four for you guys, because I think that's the way to go. Let's do it. It's a good way to start. So, what was the first thing that happened in episode three? Did you guys get? Do you guys ever watch the uh, the game revealed? They've got yes. the. Yeah, I told revealed. you. I told Luke about it. Yes. Yeah, the Battle of Winterfell game revealed. That was like forty minutes of behind the scenes yes. the episode. Yeah. I just thought that was so cool. I remember in the game revealed, mm-hmm. they talk about how they divided it up. I, kept, I I noticed he kept referring to it as a movie. Mm. He said for the yeah. movie we yep. divided it up into three parts: the suspenseful part, the horror part, and the action sequence. Because even though it's all one big battle. Apparently, it's the longest battle in his- on-screen history. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. what I read, too. Longer than Helm's Deep. Yes. Which is crazy. And... <laughs> Helm's crazy Deep, as far as I'm concerned, is the greatest. Gold standard. Is, is the gold standard for Absolutely. battles. Absolutely. With Battle of the Bastards. Yeah. Or I... maybe it's equal. Close maybe. behind. Yeah. I still think Battle of the Bastards probably beats it out a little Helm's bit. Helm's Deep? No, more, I don't remember Helm's Deep. Oh, but beats Battle but of Winterfell? Yes. Yeah, I agree. I think uh, Battle of the Bastards and Hard Home beats oh, yeah. Winterfell. Okay, but <laughs> Winterfell, the three parts, the suspenseful part, which is the, the, the early moments uh, in the episode uh, with the Dothraki into the library scene, the horror scene, and then mm. the final sequence, the action sequence. So yes. maybe we should just kind of go through all the, the entire episode tier by tier mm-hmm. as they get closer and closer to, to working their way towards Bran. We can talk about the things we liked, maybe some of the things we didn't like. Excellent. Yeah, and I want to start off by saying that I actually predicted Malsandra would come in somehow because I knew that she left out in season seven mm-hmm. and I was like, she's going to show up again. And but, then uh, lo and behold, she comes in her horse yep, out of the darkness. Perfect timing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. How did you feel about that return though? I don't know. I'm not a huge fan of her. Like, you know, she thought Stannis was the rightful. The man and then, and, Yeah. <laughs> which nice. is the worst. I hated Stannis. Yeah. Um, and then John, she raises him from the dead. And then now she's all of a sudden like, oh, Arya. It's like, what? Pick someone. So I just, I don't really <laughs> like her. I've never liked her. Okay. You've but never liked her? No. Oh, okay. I just don't really understand, I guess. I like the religion part mm, of it, but mm-hmm, I just mm-hmm. don't, 
I don't know. I didn't really know how I felt about her just like popping out <laughs> and like Literally. lighting all the swords was cool, but I think that was more just a cinematic appeal. It didn't really. This is my question. Mm. Did did the Dothraki plan on charging, or did they just get really pumped and fired up and were like, "We're gonna go now. We have lit swords." That was not part of the plan, right? Because obviously they're gonna get demolished. Like the plan was for Danny. Right? I mean, why why did they do that? I think why? I think that's a great question. I mean, I think it might be a little bit of both. I feel like they were pumped up once their rocks were like lit up. They were like, It's <laughs> game time. Like let's go do this. But at the same time, they were ordered in front. I mean, it seemed to me like that was tactically the first thing they were gonna do. Yeah. I mean, I, I'll say this. I feel like part of the reason I I have I have loved and I still love Game of Thrones is the realism. It always has felt very real to me. Like, characters don't do things just to do them just for the sake of the story. It always feels very real. Like, that's, that's something that somebody would actually do in real life. And that, that moment where she comes back, Melisandre, and I love Melisandre, as you know. Mm-hmm. This was like, I was so happy to see her come back. It was like yep. her, her big Gandalf moment mm-hmm. coming back. Mm, well so said. I was, so I was really excited for her to come back. Um, and then she, they, they all light the swords, which is super cool. But... In a real battle, I don't think, I doubt she would send her strongest troops, like the the army that everybody <laughs> fears, mm-hmm. right into the middle of the dark where you can't see the enemy, even, yeah. if, even if they don't fear anyone. It just didn't feel quite as realistic. Now, with that being said, this was a moment where I think they did it for the sake of the story, of telling yes. the story. Maybe mm-hmm. it was less realistic, but if they wanted to capture a suspenseful moment and make me, as an audience member, in the moment go just kind of throw out the tactics out the window, mm. <laughs> uh, but have me get super scared. It was quite effective because they, they built me up with the fire and they totally tore it down. Yeah. Seconds later, when all the lights go out, I, I was like, this Ooh. is going to go so badly. <laughs> Everyone is dead. Yeah, yeah. There's like this instant dread that comes over you. Yes. I, but the thing is they had like military, what was it in the game reveal? They talked about having military strategists. So it's like, if you're gonna have a military strategist then it can't be all this all about cinematic reveal i feel like i just feel like it's what are they trying to do i just i don't know i that that was not my favorite part just because it just didn't feel game of thrones to me it felt it felt like you said usually it's very realistic Mm. and it was not realistic at all Mm. to me it didn't make sense so if they're trying to just like wow us in the last season that's great but i think a lot of fans and myself included are just mad that they're kind of just doing hitting the bullet points that george r R. martin has Mm. and they're just trying to like speed it up let's make just a good show for everyone and let's wrap it up like that's the overall feeling that i'm getting and this moment kind of encapsulates that. Well, a lot of them do, but this is one of them. It's just the first. Yeah. I, I imagine Luke agrees. Yes. Yes. I very much agree. I feel like it's endemic of this episode in general. Uh, don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves, but the the plot armor that the heroes had to in this episode was yeah. just so <laughs> bad. Okay. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about that. It was just for me. So we're talking about, uh, Joe, you talk about the realism of Game of Thrones. That's what I've loved about it so much. Mm-hmm. It's like reality in a fantasy world. Like that's super cool. Like, you know, evil 
would win because evil is stronger in this world. Like that, that's what I feel about it. And the plot armor that the heroes had in episode three was absolutely like destroyed my suspension of disbelief. Mm. Like Sam should have died 12 separate times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah. I feel like that maybe was easily avoided too, by not necessarily showing them surrounded by whites. Like, you could have just not shown yeah. them surrounded by whites. Like, you could have just ran off or something. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like there's a lot of that happening in this episode where the 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 scene-to-scene strategy was pretty weak. Like, another example I can think of is, um, uh, like, with... Well, I don't want to get too far ahead, but kind of like in the Godswood scene, too. There, there's a lot of problems there as well. But in the battle itself, the plot armor was just so, so bad. Like yeah. it just it didn't it didn't feel like Game of Thrones to me. Like Yeah. Brienne, the, Jamie, the Sam, char- they all should have died. Yeah, the characters that should die don't, and then the characters that shouldn't die in these ridiculous ways do, like mm. Rhaegal. How did that happen? Don't know. Yeah. So it's like it's like this opposite thing. It's like I don't want Tyrion and Grey Worm and all of them to die. Which mm. I don't want to say all the main characters because Jorah sure. And Theon were very near and dear to my heart. Yes. Okay, yeah. And I will say, in defense of the producers, I, they can't just kill off everybody in this one episode. No, because and they want to... Yeah. At this point, they've got another three episodes. So you can't just kill everybody. No. Like, yeah. let's, Im- let's imagine that they had killed all those people. Well, then all you're left with are, like, the four main heroes. And how are four main heroes supposed to beat... Cersei. So that's that would be my sure. def- like my defense of them is you need you need some amount of heroes to still have tension later on because you don't want the climax of your TV show to be midway through the season. You want it to be towards the end of the season. You want it to peak. You want the zenith to be closer to the end, not right at the beginning and then have the whole thing just kind of slowly fall. And then the second yeah. piece is if you have too many deaths in one episode, it cheapens the deaths. Right, that would have been definitely true, especially... Like, that's why I think they're going to have more meaningful deaths. Like, Miss Sundays was a little more meaningful just because it was kind of on her own. Yeah, sure. Because I, I imagine a world where if they had killed a, a ton of people, it would... Now, un, unless they had maybe done it, like, in the first wave. Right. If they had maybe done it in the first wave, I could see that being pretty impactful. Because then you've still got the whole the whole battle left, but if, if they had had, like... Six moments where you've got characters, major characters dying. I just think we would have gotten like death fatigue. And it's like, well, you can't have Gandalf, <laughs> you know, you can't have 10 yeah. Gandalf moments. You only get yeah. your, you only get so many. Sure. I, I totally get your point. I guess what I would say to that is do better with the scene to scene cuts. Mm-hmm. Like if, if you're, if you don't want to kill everyone, which I totally get thematically and plot wise, you don't, you know, don't show characters absolutely swarmed. And then, right. in the, and then in the next cut, show let, let's say for example, Brienne being swarmed. Totally. One cut is away from her. The next one is Jamie killing one white, and yeah. she's fine. <laughs> and yeah, she's yeah, fine. Yeah. Like, where are those ten whites that surrounded her? Mm-hmm. It goes back you know. to that. Just don't show that moment. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So plot wise, I totally get your point, but it's like scene to scene, like cut to cut. It's like be a little bit more strategic about it because that totally took me out of the moment it's like there were 10 whites surrounding you in the previous cut and now there's one 
Yeah, it just doesn't make sense. I my my head goes to Brienne too, just because her scream is so high pitched. <laughs> yeah. And she's always yeah. yeah, and she was just scream and I was like, for sure she's gonna die. And Podrick, definitely. Pod the Rod should have been gone. <laughs> like let's it's an be awesome real. He's and they tried to like, you know, say he's all good now, like he was sword fighting in front of Brienne. But he's got he's, a good teacher. Yeah, but he's not he her That's level true. yet. I mean, <laughs> no. he could not have survived that. That's unrealistic. Yeah. I don't know. And the numbers, yeah, just don't add up because all the Dothraki charged, right? Mm-hmm. Three came back plus Jorah. <laughs> plus Essentially. Why did Jorah even go? I have no idea. So three horses come back and Jorah. And then when they're like plotting in episode four, they're like, all right, we have half our troops. No, you don't. You have three horses and Jorah's dead. So it's like, where is the math here? And like they showed all the bodies in the in the you know funeral burning scene. There was thousands of them. So yeah, I think just... that's a, that's a good way to sum up what we were talking about. I think it's just like a problem of continuity. Yeah. So like scene to scene, it just feels very disjointed. Now here, how about this? Because I feel like it's unfortunate because there's been a, a couple of there. Admittedly, sure, there've been some missteps in the season, maybe. But I think there's a lot of lack of goodwill that maybe people had beforehand. When I think of something like Battle of the Blackwater, where you did only see like 12 people running out of the beach. It's like Tyrion and 12 dudes. But you're supposed to, but you come out of it thinking, oh, that was such a huge battle. But, mm. but you know, we didn't have a conversation afterwards of like, well, I didn't see 10,000 troops. Where is your 10,000 troops? Oh, it's... they did. Somewhere on the depths of Reddit. <laughs> oh, I'm sure someone did. I'm but sure someone I, did. I would argue most people probably didn't. But I think it's... The problem is Game of Thrones has become such an entity unto itself that the bar it's created its own bar and its own standard oh, is, is so high that people are expecting... Mm-hmm. People are expecting, you know, the Godfather quality movies each episode mm-hmm. now, especially because it's at the end. Well, if they didn't want that, don't sign up for it. That's how I feel. It's almost not enjoyable to watch anymore because I've become, because I am so invested. It's like a job. I get so stressed out. Like I didn't breathe during Mm. episode three. It's not fun anymore because it's so good. Sure. And I'm so worried about being disappointed. And I'm so just like always on edge because I'm just like a super fan. So I'm not really enjoying. I do not, feel that. I yeah. Feel it's that. like the, not the nauseous. innocent days yeah, anymore me too. where it's like season one. I'm like, Oh, this is so fun. There's it's just so a show. Ahead. Yeah. Now it's like, I dream about it. I sleep. I, when I sleep, <laughs> well, I dream when I sleep about it, I sleep and then I dream. <laughs> and you dream about this. Yes. yes. And then during the day, I'm listening to podcasts about it. And then at night, I think about it some more. I rewatch it. I any... watch interviews. It's too much. It's consuming my life. Mm. Are you excited for it to end? No. Not at all. I <laughs> exactly. want it to continue. But it's like... And that's the other thing, too, is if Dave and Dan, the Double Ds, did not want to finish this, why didn't they just sell it off to someone else like they do with Star Wars and all the other ones? No, they got to see this through. No, that's fine. But after this, they could have been like, okay, we don't want to do it anymore. You do it. Someone else who's like fresh and wants to like take this on because anybody would be lucky to take this. What do you mean? Like after Game of Thrones? Like just let's say they had season nine, but Dave and Dan didn't want to do it anymore. There's tons of other people who would want to do it. Oh, sure. But I don't. Can they do a season nine? I don't know. Well, yeah, I, I think George that... was like, there should be like 13 seasons. Well, yeah, but. That's not fair to them because I, George has spent 11 years trying to finish one book that he can't even finish. So it's it's like we're asking the producers to 
to finish a story that he himself can't finish one it's like oh he finished it it's in his head he just doesn't have the deets yet i don't i don't know if he does oh he does i think he thinks he does brilliant this is my opinion i don't think he does i think he's got like the pieces there but i think he's a gardener in in terms of storytelling (laughs) he's not somebody that has it all planned out he just likes to go out and garden uh, with his story, he just likes to like play around with his characters and build these worlds. He likes he's the he's the person that sets up the dollhouse, and then once it's all set up, they don't play with it. Mm-hmm. That's how I feel. Versus somebody like Stephen King or J.K. Rowling, who's like, I'm going to get in there, I'm going to write, I'm going to get it done. Hmm. Because sometimes you just have to sit down and write. George R. R. to me is somebody that is prob totally speculating. I don't know anything about the man. Sure, sure, sure. But I would guess that he's just somebody that's like, I like to. Just think about my world because it's such a rich world. I think he just likes to put his characters in in certain situations, just like see what happens. Like, who, what, what could happen if I make put them in this situation? Now he's like, put them in situations that he can't get them out of, and he's just like written himself into a corner. And so sometimes I think it's unfair that we ask D and D to produce the same content that he himself can't produce. Yeah, I, and that's a good point, and I mean, especially because they have kind of derailed a little bit. I mean, there wasn't a Night King in the books, so they are derailing. Mm. But yeah, he yeah, that is true because he everyone was mad that he wrote the the Fire and Blood, and like he's writing all these like history books about his world, yeah, yeah. but he's not like continuing with his story, <laughs> which we all want. Yes, yeah. So I don't blame the guy. Yeah. I mean, it's probably yeah. like. You can have a million, like you can have 10 times the amount of income for a tenth of the work. Or you can do 10 times the amount of work for a tenth of the income. Right. I mm-hmm. mean, for him, it's like, let's just do TV. It's way easier for me. I got to write barely anything and I get paid tons. Yeah. Totally. I think there's an element of both. I mean, I think George might have ideas about where he wants to take it. But at the same time, I feel like he has kind of written himself into a corner. And I think he's, he's struggling with that a little bit. Uh, and it is a lot of pressure to put on D and D to like, you know, to finish this off because obviously they've lived with it for, you know, eight, nine years now and they've, uh, adapted some material and some they've diverged and some has been completely original. Um, so I can definitely see both sides. Yeah. Yeah. But why don't they just like they did with what, who's the dude that did Star Wars, JJ Abrams. Why don't just give it to someone else who wants to take it up? From season season nine. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a that's a fair point. I mean, HBO offered way more episodes, yeah. and D and D turned it down. So I don't really. Yeah, so sell it to someone else who would love to do it. That feels spinoffs. Yeah, I don't know. That feels like you're just making. That feels like a cash grab to me. Well, hmm. but they would. We all want it, and and I'm sure some of the actors would love to stay. I know some of them are like don't want to anymore, but. Yeah, it's, the it's double D's. If they don't want to do it anymore, that's fine. But a ton of my argument is, tons of other people will be so happy to do that. So I feel like well, there's going to be three spinoffs. Yeah, but we're going to we're going to get spinoffs, and I feel like it, most shows run into that exact problem where they're peaking, and then they're like, "Well, people still want this. Let's keep going," you know. Or like I think of um, The Office. Now I'm somebody that likes The Office the whole way through, but I'm certainly in the minority. Most people don't like it after Steve Carell leaves. And this yep. is a moment that feels like, okay, it's the right time. Steve Carell is taking off at the right time. It's run its course. We could just end it on a high note. But then they were like, ah, 
we could keep doing some stuff. And that's how I would feel if Game of Thrones kept going. It's like, mm. we're just going to kind of invent nope. some stuff to extend this. Disagree. Because <clears throat> they don't necessarily have to invent anything, but they can take their time and make the story richer and the writing richer. There is so much more to be told that we don't know about each of these characters. And that's the thing. If you look at seasons one through six, they are so, like, John being at the wall, I was, like, taking a snooze. It was so long. Bran's story, also a snooze fest. That's fascinating because this is the <laughs> part with so the books. It was so slow. But that's good. I'm saying I miss that. Now it's like, bam, bam, bam. I'm like, what just happened? I have to process this. Yeah. It's yep. so sped up. And that's because they're just, they're trying to hurry it up. Whereas if they, this could be, this last episode could have been divided into like three separate episodes. Not just because of the length, but they could have mm. gone into depth mm. with each character and tell the story. Like, they're basically, like when Tyrion, for example, when Tyrion and Bran sat down and he was basically just, I was like, oh man, we're going to get this finally, like something more about Bran and we're going to learn about his whatever. And Tyrion has probably read books about the Three-Eyed Raven, so he's going to download all this information and it's going to be really cool. For and sure. And darkness, we don't see it. Yeah. So it's like, that would have been like probably a five minute scene in another, yeah, uh, another more. season. Yeah. So that is what I mean by it. it's not just like a oh let's just make more money like a Disney like Toy Story kind of thing. It's mm. like they have so much more material to work with and they have good writers. They have they have the capability to do this, but they're just speeding through because they want to just be done. I see. I think they're speeding through because there is because they are writing most of the story and he hasn't he's only given them like yeah. he hasn't even given them a skeleton. He's given them like here's an ankle bone, here's a skull. Here's like a few bones. Now you've got to build the body. And so they're like, we can only build so much of a body. So do you think that they would have kept doing it if George had written the two last books? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I yeah. don't think so. I think, they would, I think it would have probably been closer to like 12 seasons. Or something I like don't that. think so. I think they're, because why haven't they said that? They're like, I'm just tired of doing it. It's been 10 years. Peace. Well, I'm sure that's probably how they feel. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's hard to know for sure. Um, but I do get the impression that they're just kind of done with it. They want to move on to Star Wars. They want to move on to other projects. Yeah. Which is a shame. I feel like the show is kind of a victim of just like business practices. Yeah, exactly. You know? The the story and the plot line is my main is yeah. my main complaint. Everything is like spectacular as usual. The actors are great, the cinematics, the everything, the production, the detail they put into it is phenomenal. But the story is the only thing and that's probably yeah, because of Germ. Not yeah, exactly. Books. Well, it makes me happy to hear you say that because then I say, if we're going to point a finger, it should be at him. That's my position. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. It just hurts to do so. I love him. Totally. I mean, and from his perspective, it's probably like he could give me the middle finger. Like, yeah, I'd be like. <laughs> I'm writing this book for your pleasure <laughs> and you're going to get mad at me for, you know, so I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I do think it's, it's ridiculous just when people situation. like see him eating a cheeseburger and they're like mad at him because they're like, "You need to finish the books. Don't die of high cholesterol." <laughs> yeah, just let the man live his life. Right. So I yeah, get that. Just I let get him that. eat his right, cheeseburger. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, and it would always help, I think, to look at like the show and the books as like different universes too. So I mean, you're, you're always going to have the books. Yeah, but do you think that I've heard different things? I've heard that George said they are ending the same, like the same ending as his books will, and I've also heard that they're not going to end the same. What have you fellas heard? I, I've, I've heard similar things. I guess for me, if the bullet points are the same, I think for me, the one of the biggest issues with the show is that just 
how things are occurring and the way they're occurring. So that's going back to the speed we're talking about and kind of these things that feel out of character for me. So like, for example, uh, if we can jump to the end of episode three, we can just jump there and maybe. Okay. Well, hold on. I just, I've got, I want, I do want to just have a quick few comments about some of the middle parts of three, but if you okay. want, do you okay, want to talk sure. about no, those first and then come back to that? No, no, no. Let's do the middle. Yeah, Luke's super pissed about the end. Yeah, there's something I need I to get out. Too. Okay, so okay, let's just okay. let's just let's go through the episode then quickly. Well, what was the next ma- main thing? Next main thing is now the army attacks, and we see like them. Oh, it's like World War Z all of a sudden, and they're overflowing over the mm-hmm. Unsullied. That also terrified me. That tidal wave was amazing. The tidal yeah. wave. What that an amazing cool. visual. I, I was just. Mm-hmm. I thought it was over. It's kind of like Mulan. You know, when the Huns are coming over that, yes. that was still, I yes. don't know why, but that picture in my head still terrifies me. I still like when I see them going over the mountain and it's white and all of a sudden it's black Huns everywhere. Oh my God, yeah. I shit myself. Yeah. Like, that's that was scary. Like that. that was similar. Yeah. That was similar. It was haunting to me, for sure. Yep. Yeah. Seeing them run at the camera and mm-hmm. oh, there's so oh, many of them. God. But I don't understand when they like make a little bridge of whites and then they kind of snuff out the fire. <laughs> <laughs> It's kind of like they like grew a brain all of a sudden. They're like, oh, it's too... Or maybe the, the Night King ordered them to do that. I yeah, think he, like, yeah, yeah. I think that's Night what King happened. controls them. Yep, yep. But, I think that's what which but, makes them scarier than zombies. Yeah. Like intelligent zombies. Yes. Yeah. Or but, they have a mastermind. With least. a mastermind, yeah, like a hive mind. But, yeah. but, but then why didn't, like, didn't they... I guess then they were like flying in the clouds or whatever but like why <laughs> having their own time <laughs> <laughs> yeah which was a cool visual yeah that was a cool visual scene when they were above the clouds <sighs> meanwhile what's bran up to he's just like i'm a crow <laughs> don't I'm even crow. get me started on <laughs> bran that i'm doing nothing he, there's got to be something else to that I but so. oh we but, hope so but but Everybody what so. but what why didn't they just have someone like blow another melisandre or something with fire like psh, fill in those gaps they're like, oh no! Because the the dragons were flying. They were they weren't around. I know, I guess, but like someone else could have, or like shoot like a you know how the archers were up there with yeah. their fire arrows. But the Night King brought the winter. Mm. Remember, he brought he pulls down all the like the wind and snow. Right, but they still had fire. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they were hitting yes. the trench. It just didn't light. Just didn't light. Oh yeah, they need a mouse hunter for that. But that yep. I thought was weird. It's like okay, they're just snuff them out again just or make some more fire like what (laughs) okay and now then the unsullied breach the wall Mm. they start to to climb up the wall you get your helm's deep moment again Mm -hmm. uh and then they breach the wall uh and then it cuts and that's the first suspenseful sequence that's the end of the first suspenseful sequence which i thought they did a great job of lifting lifting up tearing you down then comes aria in the library which is the horror sequence i liked it i loved I liked it. It gave us a nice break. I was so scared. Yeah, it was a nice break. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, I don't really have much more to say than I thought it was great, than I loved it. I think people were also saying, and I agree, that they're kind of reminding us that Arya is, because of what's going to happen, they're reminding us just how skilled she is and how quiet she is. Oh, yeah. Because she's like tiptoeing around and... She's so oh, silent, oh, Luke. Yeah. <laughs> Luke doesn't agree. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll hold my tongue. And then... Uh... No, don't hold your tongue. Okay. Oh, just, we... just until later. Okay. Yeah, just until okay. later. And then we get a quick aside with her and... Uh... Oh, but by the way, there was a moment where I thought she was going to... Where I thought she was dead. When she slices the, the oh, white yes. in the mouth. Yeah. I thought they got her. And I was like... <gasps> <gasps> it's over. It's yeah. over. But yeah. I was wrong. Uh. Then she has the little run-in. Okay, we'll get we'll get back to this. But she, at this point, she also has a run-in with Melisandre. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Barrack. Um, but then enter the final the final sequence, which is like the action sequence, which we've already talked a little bit about, which was <laughs> all our favorite heroes getting surrounded and screaming and having some very, very thick plot armor. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And and going back, I just I just want to talk about the Melisandre's the eye color quotes. Okay, so yeah, let's like talk about that. Green, That's what I wanted to talk about. I think it's mm-hmm. the, okay, great. So it's the green, brown, and blue, I think. Mm-hmm. So did you guys watch the inside of the episode after that yes. one? Yeah. Okay. So you've heard D and D's explanation about uh that essentially being foreshadowing for Arya taking out the Night King in the end, the blue eyes. Yeah. yeah. Yep. What what is what is your take on that? Because if if we look at the timeline, that I think they're saying that we we've known for three years. I think is what they say. Mm-hmm. We've known for three, three years that Arya's going to yep. do this. Mm-hmm. That she was going to do it. Yeah, I mean, if if you look at the timeline, that doesn't really make sense. So that eye color line is really just a lot of retconning. Hmm. Say more. Yeah. What do you mean? So when I think it's in season three. So when Melisandre tells her, meets her when Arya's with the Brotherhood Without Banners with you know, Thoros and Beric and stuff. Mm-hmm. They have a very brief run-in and she tells Arya, I see you shutting green eyes, brown eyes, blue eyes. I think t- to me it's pretty obvious that what she was talking about there was a premonition about her joining the Faceless Men. So shutting a lot of eyes as an agent of the faceless man. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And those are just the eye co- those, <laughs> those are the eye, eye colors, colors that I people have. That <laughs> right? I was like, wait a minute. We all have just either green, blue or brown eyes. Right. Those <laughs> are just the eye colors that people have. Yeah. You know, so so when they say we've known for 3 years that Arya's going to do it and I've seen a lot of defense like, "Oh, that's foreshadowing. That's good storytelling." We've known for a long time that Arya is going to shut blue eyes. Well, and people I, don't, are, I don't understand your problem with this right now. The timeline doesn't make sense. You said, explain that. I still don't know what you mean. Because okay, so season so season three was way more than three years ago. Yeah, totally. Right. Yeah. Okay. So when they use the eye color argument mm-hmm. to say this was foreshadowing of Arya killing the Night King, shutting the blue eyes. Mm-hmm. That doesn't make sense in terms of the timeline. So oh, it, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's retconning certain factors to say, oh, look, we foreshadowed this. I, I, maybe. Yeah, because the... Well, when did he... Because some people think the brown eyes was... Oh, yeah, that's season seven. What was his name? But why, 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 does that, why does it matter, I guess? Because she still brings well, it up, and it like the blue eyes thing still works. It just means that maybe that's like one of those things that maybe George R. R. didn't give them. He's just like she's gonna kill the Night King. Let's say, yeah. Maybe George R. R. didn't even doesn't even know who's gonna kill the Night King. He's just like somebody kills the Night King. Yeah, we maybe because the don't Night know for King's sure. not in the books, so they all they made this whole thing up. Oh, okay. I mean, is is the blue eyes thing in the books? I believe so. So okay, I, so that's I think so. White Walkers then. Yeah, so then it's just I, to me, it's more it's less of like a retcon and like cheap storytelling versus like a nice coincidence. Like, oh, hey, we planted the seed before; we can use that as a as a plot device to reiterate this fact. And now, now that you hear it, now it has it brings new light to the meaning that we that we mentioned before. It's like it's like a new surprise versus like a oh, that's cheap to me. It's a it's a nice surprise. 
Sure. I mean, I see your point of view, but that was like the rationale and inside the episode, right? It was like, oh, we foreshadowed that Arya was going to do this. You know, we, we've trained or we, we've trained with Arya for years that she was an assassin and this totally makes sense, you know? Yeah. And for me, it's like, it, it, if you can frame it like you're saying, mm-hmm. like, it's just maybe it's an added element. It can't be the reason for it. Because when it was, when essentially the question was posed to them, you know, I mean, of course, it's not a speaker, but the idea is like, what was the idea behind Arya killing the Night King? What they say is, well, you know, earlier on we talked about Arya shutting blue eyes. Do they don't say that though, do they? I'm pretty sure it's implied. I mean, that's what it's talking about. Because people, that's my so recollection. you don't think the brown eyes is Walder Frey and green eyes. Some people think that that's Cersei. Some people think it's the Children of the Forest. And then blue eyes is Night King. So you don't think that's true? I mean, I think they could frame it as they did to be true. But for me, it's just kind of like kind of a weak retcon. Like, I think because of that reason, that. we think it fit. I mean, because that goes back to them saying like, you know, when we talked about the Night King dying, we feel like John, it just didn't fit for John. Sure. That's I, I, I think I'm starting mm-hmm. to understand your point. I don't, I, I see what you're saying. Yeah. It's not a problem for me, I guess. It doesn't feel like a problem. It feels like it's like, a, it just feels cool to me. Okay. Well, there's feels- a lot of prophecies that come true and that don't come true. So it's like, you know, so you're just saying you think that they are just using that as a cop out. They're like, oh, yeah, we did think of that. But exactly. it doesn't make sense because it was a long time ago that she said that. Exactly. And to me, it's it's yeah. like another prophecy fulfilled. And it's like maybe George R.R. didn't come up with some a way to fulfill this. So we're trying to close as many holes as we can. And so it feels like I'm getting one of the- <laughs> closing one of those holes (laughs) i mean i can see that i can see that i guess for me when i watched the episode reflected thought about inside the episode it just it just seemed like some weird sort of justification for it like you know and and we can talk about the setting and the problems with you know the act actually happening but for me it just wasn't satisfying Mm -hmm. it was like well we had this foreshadow years ago so your problem is more well you have a problem with the actual act but your problem is them justifying it or them like acting like they knew to be honest now i don't think they're as because they don't have germ to go off of anymore it's i i feel like they're not as clever or they're, they're things i don't trust them like when all these fan theories come out i'm like that's too complex for the double D's right now. There's no way they're going to do that. Like the children of the forest would be yes. so cool. I actually want there to be more spiritual elements in it and not just yeah. battles. Yep. But I don't, totally. I can't give them that credit because that's all Germ. That's not them. Yep. It's, it's, so I don't trust them to come up with that kind of content. I feel that. It's too, the, the it's webs too that complex. people are weaving are too complex. I'm like, that would be sweet. But I'm like, how did you get there? They probably spent hours and days thinking of this theory. And I'm like, I don't think, I don't trust them to do that because there's more criticism like with Gendry I didn't know apparently his last name was actually Waters not Rivers so they're oh, just yeah. getting simple shit that's, wrong now it's like come on yeah that's a big deal for a nerd like me but I can see them missing it I mean, no well, no I mean I mean, goes back to the goodwill thing to me like people are made such a big deal out of that Starbucks out of this cup. stupid yeah, the, that's the, the, the irony is it's not even Starbucks it's like Jen was telling me it's a local 
It's a local Icelandic oh shop, so a Starbucks is just oh, really? enjoying this whole thing, and I'm sure oh, that really? company's like, "Oh, dang it! Why didn't we put our logo on this?" No, oh, cup? that was Icelandic. Oh, that's hilarious. They were in, uh, oh, oh yeah, they're in Iceland. No, they're in Iceland for Winterfell. Winterfell? Yeah, uh, I think so. I don't. I don't. I thought it was Icelandic. I guess I don't. I'm mm. not certain, but I know that it was a local place. No, that I don't really care about. It's like, come on. Oh yeah, Winter, Winterfell. I'm pretty sure is in Iceland. I didn't know that. I thought it was just like a uh, Winterfell Castle north Black. of the wall. Yeah, are all. Uh, Iceland. Or at least the hunting grounds near Winterfell are in Iceland. <laughs> I guess I'm not sure. Anyway. Yeah. So where where are we now? Okay, I, I do want to just say the, the 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 blue the blue eyes thing. Did that not uh totally catch you like were you not beating yourself over the head later on like oh like cuz when they when she brings up the blue eyes I'm thinking oh nice motivational speech like she's going to go back in there and like she's going to kill some whites it didn't even enter my mind no, yeah, that she either. might go for that like that was not on my radar at all no cuz i didn't think she would do it yeah it like did that weird. enter your mind at all at that point or was that was it still a huge surprise when she popped out of the it was out a of the surprise mist? for me total surprise for me I don't know. I don't want to be that guy, but for me, it wasn't a surprise. Like, oh, really? like, yeah. like, like when I heard that, my heart just sank. I was like, "Please <laughs> don't mean." But I thought you that you weren't expecting Arya to do it, though. So, so you still had a feeling she was going to go do it. Oh yeah, this is. I, I, I was I was afraid that it was going to happen because <laughs> you wanted your whole thing was you wanted the Night King to win, right? I yes. did. Yes. Yeah. That's and, is that why is that where your disappointment stems from? Is that you wanted the Night King to win? I would say that's a massive part of it. Yeah. So, or at and, least and, and not maybe. Lose yet. Yes, exactly. But then, when you have them lose, this is another one of those things where it's like that they're they're in a corner. D and D are in a corner. But but they but D and D chose to shorten lose? it though. They, they chose they chose to shorten it. They chose to do six episode seasons for mm-hmm. the last two. Yeah, that's my whole argument. A- a- HBO is like, we want to give you twenty more episodes. We want to give you full seasons. But they were the ones who said, mm-hmm. I just want to do two six-episode seasons to finish. Mm. So for me, it's like, I, I get it. Like, they sat with it for 10 years and probably even before they even wrote the first season. So I get that kind of fatigue. But it was their choice. They no, that's my, that was my whole argument. Is There's nothing you can really do about it. But that's kind of that's what stems all my disappointment is pretty much. You just want more of it with that. It's not your typical like friends love fr- love me some friends, but it was it ran its course, sure. right? All this all the characters had their story arcs, whatever. This did not run its course. Like after mm-hmm. every episode, I'm like, I need more delish with my with my meal. <laughs> I'm I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm not yeah. disagreeing. Yeah. So yeah. it's like it's so yep. disappointing because no matter how good it is, it's just not. It doesn't give you enough. Like we we didn't have enough with the first seasons, and now it's like even less. Even though they're giving us long episodes, mm-hmm. it's not enough because they have built this rich world with all these characters. Where, and that's and that and I do agree with everything that you both said, but that's the part that kind of just it bums me out to hear because I love it yeah. too. And so then to hear that it's yeah. not enough, and I feel the same. Yeah. It's not enough. But they're also hour and a half like amazing episodes, and I'm here sitting here like 
it's not enough. It just makes me feel like a total jerk. <laughs> <laughs> They're giving me like the, the coolest battle yeah, scene in I TV know, history, like and dick. I'm like, not enough. Well, like, mean, what more can I ask? I mean, for? I mean, there's definitely a certain sort of privilege there. But let's just let's just set that aside. You know, let, let, <laughs> let's, let's ignore the privilege. <laughs> no, no, no. Let's just say we accept the privilege. Okay, I see. I see you know, yeah. as a fan, we accept that we are lucky to have this largely great adaptation. Yeah. It's like, who made up the serving of half a cup of ice cream? What is that? <laughs> That's bullshit. <laughs> so this is just like that. Who made up that this has to be eight seasons? I could go on. Yeah, yeah. But you know what yeah. I mean? Okay, so let's talk about the moment. What well, what came after? Oh, Barrick. Can't get, you can't skip past my buddy okay, Barrick. Okay, Barrick, Barrick goes in and he does the barricade. <laughs> oh, oh nicely done. No, well, that's not drum me. But... Set. <laughs> yeah. oh. okay. I made it up on the spot. I do also love Brilliant. the moment where Brilliant. Hound is picking up Arya and she's still trying to kill and he's like, come on, let's go. Yeah, yeah. Freaking love God, that. God, I love the Hound. Oh, oh that's great. I don't know why Melisandre was just like creeping in the corner either. That was kind of weird. They like enter and she's like all of a sudden like, oh, hello again. Yeah. It's me with my prophecies. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay. Hello, <laughs> Melisandre. Okay, so we're now, right? We're, we're, in, this, we're in the moment. Yes. We're in the godswood. Yep. No, no, no. What about, are we going to talk about Bran and his warging into the ravens? What do you guys think that was about? I don't know. That it's completely been... pointless and useless and no, dumb. No. It, it's... <laughs> I, I'm starting to, th- I, at first I was like, oh, he's up to something. But I'm starting to think that maybe it was just like. It's over. It's, no, it's, it's, just a, no. a, it's just a visual effect to transition us from the battle scene on the ground oh, to so the battle up technical. in the air. You don't I, think they're going to come back with, because no. he literally, he was like, <gasps> I have to go now. It just. <laughs> Oh, it just dawned on me something that that it might be. <gasps> it's gonna be something Late because there's no way he was just sitting there, <sighs> okay, dilly dallying. Okay, because okay. well, J- Jen and I were talking about maybe something last night from the preview where we see Euron. Mm-hmm. Maybe he was like looking up at the sky, kind of bewildered. Maybe he was yeah. like a crow going to find another dragon. What? Maybe there are more dragons. <laughs> Wait, what? Maybe there are more dragons in the in the world. Wait, what do you mean? Because he was looking up. He was, yeah, a, okay, he hold was on. a raven. I know, I know. Okay, so Drogon <laughs> disappears first for a super long time. Yeah. And then he, in this clutch moment, wargs for a super long time. Like, he's probably going to die here. Yeah. Everybody's fighting around him, but he's just like, I'm going off to do my own thing as a crow. Right? Maybe right. he's off, like, finding another dragon or something like that and warging as a dragon, another dragon in the world. I'm just, this is just happening live as we speak. So Interesting. Just, like, I guess I never even thought of that as a possibility. Right? Yeah, I thought and, there were only three dragons. Well, that's what we think, but Drogon's been gone a long time. Who knows what he's been up to? What do you mean Drogon's been gone? He's with Danny. Well, he's with Danny now, but remember he was gone between like season three and six or something while the other ones were locked up in Marine. We have no idea what went on with Drogon during that whole time. Oh, you think he was getting it on with Mrs. Drogon? <laughs> maybe so. I don't know. <laughs> maybe. I didn't even hold on. This so maybe there, maybe there's going to be a ton of dragons like flying in. And but how? But okay, Euron's I... just freaking out. He's like, "What? <laughs> there's more than three? But how would you feel about that, though, as a viewer? Like, let's just say a bunch of dragons show up. I like, didn't even know. Like to Drogon me, that that would missing. just that would just feel so lame to me. I mean, it'd be what cool. A... I mean, it'd be cool to see a bunch of dragons fly in, but it's like, what? Like, what where are you Drogon coming from? Was gone. Remember, she she can't control him anymore. Yeah, they, but they locked him up in the. No, there are only but she two. Doesn't, but she doesn't lock up Drogon. Where she... did he go? We don't know. Oh, don't another know. plot hole. 
we, another <laughs> we don't know we don't know where he went he just come, remember he, the the only reason he comes back and this was this is one of the corners that George R.R. has written himself into because Danny's just <laughs> stuck at Marine and he can't figure out how to get her out of there but Drogon senses that she's in danger with the harpies, the sons of the harpies, oh. like attacking her in the Coliseum. So then Drogon flies in from who knows where. Oh, that's right. He yeah. senses she's in danger and rescues her. Oh, I totally, I didn't even realize. Anyway, okay. There's my quick aside. <laughs> yeah. That's uh, pretty interesting. Other, other than that, I think it was just a scene transition. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you go from that. <laughs> it's either the most amazing secret or just the dumbest I, thing. I, I, uh, I think that it's something. Brand's up no, to something. No, I'm holding no, on to this no, hole. No, no, <laughs> it's not. It's not. Brand. It's over. There's two episodes. Three on Raven is not going to play any part. <laughs> it's over, Robin. You're right. Unless it's, it's all in George's head and he hasn't put it on paper yet. And there, But I still believe there's something with Brand. I'm, it's, he's turned into... There should be. Quickly. I mean, there should not. be. <laughs> but it's like he's like this magical token that they have and they're not using it. Like I know he feels like he's the key to. He is. It's going to be disappointing if his entire key is like finding out that Jonas Targaryen. That yeah, that was Sam his main also thing. found out by reading a book. Right, that's his main thing. <laughs> they built so, has, and they spent so much time building it. Is it really just going to fizzle out like this? Well, that's the thing. He he has. I, I think that's supposed to be... He's not like a god. He can't, like, manipulate things. He just, like, waits. And he doesn't know where to go in the past. He just, like... If someone tells him, hey, go here, then he'll go. But he doesn't, like, know everything automatically. And he can't influence things. Like, Except for Hodor. Like, hey. But he can Remember? warg, though. He can warg and he can actually... We find out... I thought there was going to be more time travel stuff. Once we found out about the yeah. Hodor thing, I was like, hmm, maybe there's going to be some significance where he can go back and change things like maybe he can go back to the moment the night king was created and change that somehow S- something important like that. i had a similar thought too oh, i mean i, I thought it was either. going to play into it the whole thing not. still confuses me <laughs> but but that holder was the last thing that george wrote right that was like season six so that was like they still had the books for that i can't i mean yeah there, there was kind of like different storylines diverged at different times yeah it's so hard I, for me to know exactly that's a good point why didn't they that's the thing they could just there's so many easy way outs <laughs> like they could have just had bran warg into I, my theory was he was going to warg into the night king and kill himself because everyone said they had a i thought so too you know? i thought so too there's so many cool things they could have done with bran yeah, that would have been yep. way more acceptable than Arya killing him because it would have had like a spiritual element to it or some kind of extra little you know dollop of magic but but it also would have been and again, maybe I'm ju- maybe I'm just being overly defensive, uh, and when there's no reason to be, because I totally agree with everything that you guys are saying. Uh, <laughs> well, so I guess good. I'm being I'm being contrarian, but uh, that also would have been more expected because more, I think more people expected that, and I don't think many people expected Arya. And people Can... love their Game of Thrones surprises. People, people just like they just eat <laughs> the Game of Thrones surprises. I feel like so many people would be disappointed now if John is like. John killed the Night King. John's on the throne. People are like, no, oh, I don't want yeah. that. I want everybody to die, and I want it to happen this way. <laughs> yeah. Right? And But they also want the surprise. So if you give them that, then they lose the surprise. I don't know. It's a it's, tough balance. It, it's, it can't just be a surprise just because they're like, ha-ha, didn't see that coming, did you, folks? It, it's fine if it's like a if it's a surprise, but it has to be a meaningful surprise. And it I'm has actually, to be someone I'm the that's worthy. I, at this point, I, I'm a good classic story guy, so I'm personally fine Give me the Luke Skywalker moment. And I think you and I talked a little bit about this. Yeah. Let Jon Snow 
do the things. Let Jon Snow be the, the guy that kills him. Let him be on the throne. Everybody thinks that's too predictable. That's fine with me. That would make me super happy. We've had enough like surprises and, and deaths. <laughs> Just put him on the throne, totally. and I, I'd be happy. Well, it's, it's <laughs> totally, fine yeah. If it's not predictable. It's it's just it has to make sense. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about subverted expectations because that's something that D and D has talked about a bunch. Yeah, that that's that's been a lot of their explanations. Like, well, you know, it didn't feel right to us. They always yeah. talk about expectations subverted. And to your point, Robin, I feel like, and what you were talking about, Joy, there have been a lot of expectations subverted in, in the Game of Thrones world. So you know, all the way back to season one. Ned dying. Obviously, that subverted most people's expectations. But those were, like, meaningful, and they were, like, carefully threaded and carefully built. Yeah. It like, I, I would propose that Arya taking out the Night King, bad. That not, not, <laughs> not an earned expectation subversion. Yeah, just because she's a good fighter. I mean... And, and let's... I want to hear this out. Now, go, go, go to... Yeah. R- yeah, go... Yeah, Luke... Let her rip. <laughs> well, I mean, I basically said what I want to say. Okay. What no, I want to say, more. but 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 basically, it's like, I, it's it's so hard for me to listen to D and D say we it's not John because it didn't feel right to us. Yeah, that was the their explanation. explanation. And it's like you can't just give it to another character. I don't care that she was an assassin. I don't care that we watched her train for years and years and years. It doesn't make sense to me. This is subjective to me to have her take out the Night King. And, and why? And because. So, this is a moment where it almost does feel like they're going for a more realistic approach versus a storytelling approach because we know that she's a crazy assassin. We know how amazing she is at killing people now. And so, it, to mm-hmm. me, it almost feels, oh, maybe it does make more sense for her to. That's not what I want. Again, just to reiterate, yep. I wanted John. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> uh, because but but the do, having John do it is more of the the poetic mm-hmm. quote unquote. Well, I love that the, John the, didn't the classical do it. style. Sure, but. for sure. But I guess maybe a better way to say what I'm trying to say is it can't just be subverted expectations for the sake of subversion. Okay. So in other words, which maybe it feels like if they did. Yes, exactly. So in other words, it did not feel earned to me. So like when Arya does the act. I felt. <laughs> you can't even say it. <laughs> I know it's like, oh, it's hard for me to even say. Yeah, it just didn't feel earned to me. Like my heart sank. I was like, "Is this it? Like <laughs> we have built the Night King for so long, and he is ended by a knife trick." A lot of people like that knife trick. Oh yeah, I mean, I will say I hated were you, the knife were you, trick. <laughs> you, were you at? Uh, yeah, the, I hated it. You were all celebrating. Everyone in the room was so. It, it was a triple was threat. I, that's what I did like about the moment. It's a triple moment no. where she appears through the mist. <laughs> everyone goes <gasps> gasps, yeah. like in surprise, like oh my god, it's Arya, and everyone's kind of like kind of smiley, and then he grips her throat, and then everyone, and then yep. it's a re like. <gasps> Like a second yeah. time, like no, this is where Arya's gonna die. It was fun she to watch. should have died, and then she drops the knife, and then everybody. I remember, yeah. it was like we stood up and we're like, ah! right? Yeah, like, it, was it felt like emotions. we were watching the World Cup. Right, right. It, I just there's been so few moments on TV that I've had yeah. that moment that's not like the Super Bowl or something like that, where everybody in the room to a to a fantasy story, no right. less, is standing up cheering, yeah. like oh. That, that's cool energy, but let me ask you this, Joey. So 
did you feel even a part of you that I can't think of a better way to say it than unearned? So did, did you feel like, oh, I don't know if the, like, did it feel earned to you? Like, did it feel like there it, was enough built in? Because for me, it was just like, and it was also how it was shot, which I have a problem with. But let's just talk about the concept of Arya killing the mannequin. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So for you, it was just pure joy. Like you, you just. No, no. I will say more than anything, it was just pure unexpectedness. Unexpectedness. Yeah. Which goes okay. back to exactly what you're saying. Sure. My, the subversion of my expectations. Okay. More than anything, that's what I felt. Okay. Uh, because part of me wanted it to be John. And I was like, well, in that moment, I, see, this is where I think maybe you're, this is, this is your biggest disappointment because you were about to get everything that you had predicted and wanted to have happen. You're like, Night King's about to take it. You're seeing all the characters that are about to die and they're surrounded. Night King's about to kill Bran. John's about to dive to a dragon and you're like, jackpot i called this thing (laughs) everyone's gonna lose (laughs) and it's like no surprise lou you were totally wrong no i don't think okay so so on a human level i knew they were gonna they were gonna like because they had like the ramin the beautiful music in the background the piano i knew there was it was dreadful they wanted you to feel that weight and that and then something was gonna happen i knew that classic but i just didn't know what that would be okay take it away lou well, I guess maybe another way for me to try to explain this is for me, Game of Thrones was like the one series in today's sort of media culture that I felt like the Night King could actually win. Totally. And this mm-hmm. moment for me with Arya uh, k- killing him, it felt like I was watching something like Disney produced. Harry Potter? Mm-hmm. Like, like Voldemort? Oh, interesting. Yeah. I mean, I, Harry? I, I just, I felt like it was something like, it was like good beats evil because good is good. Because good must. Exactly. But you love Harry that, Potter. That's true. I, I don't want to get too deep on Harry Potter, but. Because <laughs> yeah, I could get deep on that. Yes. Yes. But for me, I think, and I think Joey, I think your point is well taken. There was a part of me on a certain human level that was like, ah, oh, my prediction wasn't right. Yeah. But that being said. Game of Thrones to me felt like the one series that maybe had the the balls, for lack of a better term, to actually carry forward what it's built so carefully sure. that mm-hmm. the Night King and the Army of the Dead was actually unstoppable. Right. Or or what is or were they willing to pay? Uh, this is not a counter. This is like a, a, an an addendum to that. Yeah. Or would they be willing to like? What's the price they're willing to pay to stop evil? from from conquering yes and to be able to stop evil from to be able being able to stop that tidal wave feels like the cost would have been higher than half your troops feels like the cost would have been almost everybody's mm-hmm. gone absolutely yeah. but yep and again maybe it's just that corner that i keep bringing up but it's like yeah. the show is called game of thrones which contrary to the books song of ice and fire i feel like maybe he if george r, r. martin could write Oh, except he doesn't have the Night King in the books. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe he'll, maybe he has yet to appear. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's but hard they, to know. They but could have good. reversed it in yeah. the books, but in the show, I do think they have to end the show with Cersei because it's always been about the throne. The throne mm-hmm. is like what the show's about, and the Night King is is the background scary element that's looming. But it's not what the show's about. The show's about the throne, and so well, I feel like they do have to end it with the throne. And if they kill everybody now, what are they going to do about the throne? So it's like. 
maybe they wanted to, but they just can't because we've got a story to tell and the story's about the throne. Well, but what about the White Walkers? Are those more prevalent? Like, how, how heavy are those in the books? I mean, uh, it's been a few years since I read them, but there, but as I recall it, there's no, there's not nearly as much background. Okay, like, so like there's not... like there's no central controlling figure, like whether it's the Night King or by some other name, they're much more mysterious in the books. So they're not like this all-encompassing huge threat that everyone's like, winter's coming that forever. We have to gather troops and defeat them. Like, where did the last book leave off? It's crazy to think about, but the last time you see John in A Dance with Dragons is when he's killed at the wall. Oh, so they so they don't even know, well, George probably told him that he lives, but that's the last thing. But according to the books, he's dead. <laughs> okay, yeah. so yeah, there isn't... Huh. My only hope for that episode was that the Night King would have resurrected Ollie just so we could kill him again. <laughs> <laughs> I would have paid to see that. Oh man, <laughs> the oh, satisfaction! Ollie. Just or like watch him just get decapitated. Oh my or god, <laughs> Ollie! Great Ollie. point. Great point. All right. Well, that's all I got for that episode. I think. You yeah. More. So as much as I <laughs> am trashing <laughs> episode three, I think the Night King theme is honestly one of my favorites. I think it's that in Light of the Seven. So the, uh, the Night King theme. Yeah, the Night King. That new oh, song. Yes, the, the new song. The depressing one. I mean, Ramin, yeah. don't know how to pronounce his last name. Brilliant. It is pretty similar to Light of the Seven. It's like it a is. it's like a sister song almost. Yes. It's very um long piano solo, very slow. Oh very you deliberate. Mean, not the Night King like or like the really like intense like when like the angry one like the hard home one that one i do love that one's like you're talking about like the slow like when he's walking to brand oh good distinction yes i'm talking about that one okay yes that one i love yeah good distinction i do love light of this i think i still prefer light of the seven i get that that's brilliant (laughs) that is maybe my favorite moment in tv history Mm. those two episodes back to back it's just like that's the pinnacle that's gold phone. standard, dude. That is just... Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've never seen anything like that. Yeah, that's something I'll never forget. 